baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Thirty-five. Jeff Katz, News Radio WRBA. For your edification, the delay in notifying students in Fairfax and other counties, Prince William, Loudon, uh, in Northern Virginia, first reported by a Washington D.C. television station, which, quite frankly, has done the best reporting on it. And it is clear that uh, this is not Republicans somehow ganging up on the poor Democrats. This is a real issue, and it uh, is clearly, clearly a result of some of this diversity, equity, and inclusion nonsense. So just for the record, I, like everybody else who has kids in school and is concerned about this, could not possibly care less what some left-wing Virginia State Senate hack has to say about the issue. Just thought the record should show that. Now, D.C., oh my goodness, oh my goodness, there are some tears on the Democrat side as uh, noted anti-Semite and, well, frankly, I would dare say America-hating Ilhan Omar is removed from a committee. Good, glad to hear it. We've got a few other uh, Democrats that should not be seated on these sorts of committees. And we've got this debt ceiling once again that's an issue. Congressman Bob Good uh, represents the 5th District here in our beloved uh, Commonwealth. And I'm happy to say he's joining us. Bob, thank you for being here. Great to be with you again. Thank you for having me on this blessed Friday. Absolutely. So, Bob, tell me exactly what are we seeing in D.C. right now? Let's first start, if you don't mind, uh, with the with the tears of the Democrats, which, quite frankly, in a mug taste really good when you get them all together. But uh, they are just outraged that they're not on a committee or two, are they not? They are indeed. And I want to give Kevin McCarthy credit. You know, he's following through on the things that he said he would do. Uh, we are united as a conference and the things that we're doing, and, and that'll that'll be evident in the uh, debt ceiling uh, um, battle as, as we face that, as we may talk uh, in a moment here in this conversation. But but with respect to the committees and, you know, the Democrats set this precedent yes. uh, where for the first time in uh, at least modern history anyway, where the majority party determined the committee membership of the minority both striking from the select committee on January 6th, you know, Jim Jordan, Jim Banks, right. uh, removing Paul Gosar because of a cartoon where I, I watched the cartoon after it became a, kind of an issue two or three times. I still couldn't see whatever the offensive was. It would happen so fast. I, I never found it in the cartoon. But then for Marjorie Taylor Greene, for remarks she made prior to coming to Congress, which she had disavowed, but and, and they removed uh, – Gosar and Green from all committees. And in this case, what Kevin McCarthy did, as you know, with uh, Schiff and with Swalwell said, hey, you cannot be on intelligence because they're clearly compromised without going into details uh, for this purpose. But but you can be on other committees. And he said about Omar, you can we took a, a vote of the full house, but you can be on other committees, just not foreign affairs based on things you have done and said. And Omar, 
and all the other Democrats had voted for that when the Democrats did it to Republicans. Mm-hmm. But but yet when 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 there is a reason for them to be not removed from all committees, which is what they voted for, but just to be off some committees where you were so compromised based on things you've done and said, uh, then you saw the hysteria, the, the faux outrage, uh, the reducing, as they always do, the default to racism. Now, that's what the Democrats do. And they have no argument. They have no case. The facts are not on their side. The rationale is not on their side. The logic's not on their side. They default always knee-jerk reaction to race. Yeah, it, it, it's ah, oh God, it, it, it's painful. It's just painful to think that these are people uh, that are allegedly adults that are allegedly mature enough to discuss the issues of the day. And I, I, I don't know how you put up with it on a daily basis, but uh, God bless you. More power to you to uh, to be able to do that. You mentioned this debt ceiling, Congressman. Now I am trying to figure out. What is really involved with this, and uh, is it something that we should really be just piling on even more? No, absolutely not, of course. You know, there are some indisputable facts. The fact we've got $32 trillion national debt, nearly 100000 per citizen. It's the greatest percentage of our GDP that it's been since World War II with very little to show for it, unlike World War II. You know, we saved the free world. Yeah. Uh, it is unsustainable what we're doing, and we've added more spending and debt in the last two years than we have ever done, not even close in the first two years of administration. We can't continue those things. And the American people recognize it, and they gave Republicans the majority for a reason. And we're going we're gonna to follow through and do what we were elected to do, do what we said we will do. So it's unreasonable. It's irresponsible for the president to have said, hey, I'm not going to negotiate. You know, we have done this eight times in the last 35 years where there's been meaningful reductions in spending, albeit insufficient, albeit temporary in nature in some cases. But all of those, every single one was tied to using the leverage of the approaching debt ceiling. Now, that said, uh, there is a difference between a government shutdown and a default. We will never have a default because there's more than sufficient revenue to pay the nation's debts and to pay the bondholders and those who hold our debt and to take care of mandatory what if, if, if the Democrats refuse, you know, Republicans are going to pass out of the House, Jeff. We're going to pass a spending uh, proposal that will uh, temporarily raise the debt ceiling but bring true cuts in spending, true reforms to put us on a path to fiscal responsibility that if, if, the, if the Democrats in the Senate will take up and the president will sign, will keep the government open and, and avoid any consequence other than putting us on a path of fiscal responsibility. The Democrats refuse that and allow the government to shut down, which they may do. I would hope they wouldn't. They would accept what the people's representatives have done. But that's not the same thing as a default. No one needs to be worried about default. All right. All right. Now, Joe Biden, uh, a couple of years back, seemed to be all in favor of of certain cuts, seemed like a good idea. It's what everybody does when they realize they're they're spending too much. But now he if I understand it, Congressman, he doesn't even want to have that conversation. No, he doesn't. You know, and he wants us to continue to borrow for foreign aid, to borrow to send 100 billion to Ukraine last year. To borrow, uh, you know, for wokeifying, wussifying our military with diversity, equity, inclusion, and part of that nine hundred billion dollar budget, he wants to borrow for more and more spending from our children, our grandchildren. Uh, he used to not be that guy, but you know, he used to be pro life too, and now he yeah. wants abortions up to the moment of birth, and your tax dollars get to pay for it. This is not the Joe Biden of the seventies and eighties and nineties in the first thirty years or so that he was in government. Uh, but but you know, we're we're going to do what the people elected us to do. Uh, we're not going to continue borrowing from our kids and our grandkids the way that we're doing. It's unsustainable, as you know. Right. And there's lots of opportunities to cut 
uh, from, we've got two million less people working, Jeff, than we had uh, before the China virus hit because we're paying people not to work. We've grown so much. The expansion of Medicaid, the expansion of uh, food stamps, the expansion of welfare generally without work requirements, uh, and you know, that's affecting our economy in so many ways. There's about a nearly a trillion dollars of unspent allocated COVID money that we're going to try to claw back and return that to the Treasury to buy us uh, some, you know, uh, to buy down our our deficit, uh, our national debt a little bit. Uh, and there's also, you know, it's an estimated trillion dollars of fraudulent uh, COVID spending, meaning uh, fraudulent unemployment claims, uh, fraudulent PPE, uh, small business loans for the pay- Paycheck Protection Program. Uh, lots of fraud that came out of COVID, and we're going to try to go after that as well. And we, and I'm on part of a letter that's been sent to all the departments and the agencies demanding they tell us what their cash balances are on what's uh, what has not been spent that we can take back and reduce future spending and current spending as well. Oh, great, great. I'm glad to hear that. Congressman Bob Good is joining us, uh, represents the 5th uh, District here in our uh, beloved Commonwealth. I, I'm curious to know what the, uh, the sense is there in D.C. with this this Chinese-operated balloon traveling around America. We've got reports of Chinese front companies purchasing huge amounts of land as well as major businesses. Uh, are, are, are we not supposed to be concerned by this? Well, we indeed should be concerned, but I will tell you more than just the immediacy of this balloon, which apparently has happened before, but that was classified, not disclosed to the public. It was discovered by a civilian aircraft, apparently. Of course, China's claiming that it's civilian in nature and it's just weather related. No one believes that. No one, no one, uh, no reasonable person believes that. But I'm to your point, Jeff, I'm, I'm more larger concerned with the Chinese uh what they're doing in our country generally this is this is a, a, a country that the previous president treated as an adversary mm-hmm. and the biden president presidency administration treats him as a partner uh and you have to wonder about what's the compromise involved with the biden family we have hunter making millions of dollars off relationships with china with corrupt business dealings and now we change how we treat china similar to hey hunter biden makes millions of dollars off his relationship with ukraine and then we send billions of to that, uh, with the classified document fiasco at a residence where Hunter Biden had access to that, and we don't know what's been found at these multiple locations where classified documents have been found, documents for which he had no reason as senator, let alone as vice president, to bring back to his residence or his private business or private office, I should say. Uh, that could never happen accidentally. And I've been to the SCIF as we, as we, where we go in D.C. to get classified briefings, to look at classified information. You would never accidentally take anything from there. You would have to do that willfully. And to have that have taken place is very concerning. But, yeah, what I'm concerned about with China is it's estimates costing us $600 billion a year in intellectual property theft with all the research that's going on. Uh, here on our in our uh, in our country with Chinese nationals, and something to keep in mind for all the listeners and Jeff, you know this. There's no separation in China between the communist China, Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, and academics, and research, and business. No student comes here without the permission of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, nothing happens uh, in China apart from the permission of the Chinese Communist Party, and that is an existential threat to us. And we need to take them seriously. And the Biden administration has not been doing so. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It is terrifying, and as you rightly point out, uh, this connection—a a huge monetary connection between the Bidens and China—needs uh, to be investigated. Which would bring me to this point: You've got Jim Jordan, who is uh, a rather talented prosecutor and investigator. Yes, sir. Uh, I've got to mm-hmm. think that he is uh, well into that work. He's rolled up his sleeves and taking a look at all of this, right? Yeah, I think you can have an approach from three areas, particularly Jim Jordan leading judiciary and uh, Jamie Comer leading oversight. And then the new select committee on China, uh, which we put in place uh, after we got organized in early January, two or three weeks ago, led by Mike Gallagher. But so we've got a specific committee to look at China, confront China and to hold China accountable. You know, what's happened on our college campuses? Why are we allowing just another example? Why are we allowing? The communist Chinese Communist Party to donate China to donate fifty five million dollars to the University of Penn, which mm-hmm. just so happens to have the Penn Biden Center, uh, where uh, again classified documents have been found uh, improperly there. Why are we allowing the Chinese Communist Party to donate funds to our college campuses, to our college institutions? I should say. Why are we allowing Chinese nationals to come here? Again, no one comes here apart from the permission of the Chinese. Communist Party, and there are there's been demonstrated that there are military members posing as students, but they come here. Why would we allow them to take graduate level STEM courses? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, why would we allow them to buy property uh, generally in the United States, let alone near uh, military facilities mm-hmm. or security facilities? Why would we allow that to happen? That's a great question. Well, if anybody's going to get to the bottom of it, I know that uh, Jim Jordan and uh, Jamie Comer and everybody else that's uh, that's part of this new team is going to do it. Is everybody working together well now that the whole speaker election has passed? I cannot tell you what how the, the paradigm has shifted and how much different it is. We're united. Uh, I'm so pleased. I just got off a budget committee uh, uh, meeting, a Zoom meeting, because we're back in our districts today. I'm part of the, I'm part of no less than six different groups that are working on the proposals on how we're going to cut the spending to, to what we want to pass out of the House. But I'm on the budget committee, as you know, right. and uh, where, you know, we've got the broad spectrum of membership from the conference on that committee from the strong conservative side where I would place myself and the more moderate conservative side. Uh, and everybody's singing the same tune. We've got to cut spending. We can't let the American people down. We can't go back to our districts and say we voted to raise the debt ceiling without real cuts in the immediacy, not future promised cuts. Yes, future changes, structural reforms that will put us in the future on a path of fiscal responsibility, but immediate cuts to get there, to begin to make progress today. And and there there is just a greater voice at the table for all members uh, we're, you know, we're passing legislation almost unanimously. We're picking up some Democrat support for things like condemning yesterday. We voted to condemn socialism. We got, you know, I think it was 60 Democrats voted for that. Uh, so, yeah, you're, the Republican Party is united. Kevin McCarthy has shown the kind of leadership we want him to show and we wanted him to show. Uh, and, you know, and certainly you cannot overstate the, the impact that it had with a willingness for us not just to get along, to go along, do what we've always done. We were willing to take risks to try to force change. But uh, we've got an opportunity. Opportunity is all it is right now, but opportunity to make real change. And, yeah, the, the, the party's united. I love it. All right. Well, listen, Congressman, it's always good to chat with you. I appreciate you making time for us. Keep fighting the good fight up there, all right? Thank you, Jeff. Great to be with you. Keep up the fight.
All right. Have a blessed uh, blessed Friday. That is uh, Congressman Bob Good. He is one of the good guys up there trying his best to make sure that the uh, the radicals, the extremists, the lunatics that are in the uh, Congress are not going to get away with the nonsense they've gotten away with in the past. So happy to have him with us. Coming up uh, about 15 minutes from now, State Senator Siobhan Dunavit. We've got to unpack what's in this, uh, this gun bill. I'm going to tell you that it uh, looks to me like it turns every firearm in the Commonwealth into a, quote, assault firearm. I think it is a bad piece of legislation, and I I just don't think anybody, anybody should vote in favor of it. There you go. Jeff Katz, News Radio, WRBA. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 